tossing and turning all night like a salad, it's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus. A probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker, and I thought, if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate, so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. I'm Jill, and I'm a sober scientist who talks about the science and psychology of addiction. There are a lot of things that influence developing an addiction, and none of them are that we're weak-willed losers. In the Sober Powered Podcast, you'll learn how and why addiction develops, how alcohol changes the brain to keep us drinking, and most importantly, that you're not alone. The things you experience are experienced by many of us. Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. So I celebrated two years of sobriety on November 9th, or this past Tuesday, if you're listening to this episode when it's released. 
So in this episode, I want to talk more about how sobriety has changed for me from the first to the second year, obsessing about sobriety, intrusive thoughts about alcohol, and how to achieve balance in your sobriety. So let's dig in. The first year of my sobriety was just one big race to the next milestone. It was like sobriety was its own high, and I'd constantly be counting down the days until the next milestone hit. Then when I got to 11 months sober, every single day was exciting because it was the countdown to one year. On the actual day of my one year, I remember I felt really sad. I've heard this from a few people, so I don't think that I'm alone here. So if you've experienced this too, you are also not alone. But I think we build up our one year like it's going to be the most important day of our lives. But the thing about sobriety is there are no extreme highs or lows anymore. Life is stable. And it's easy to confuse the stability and peace with boredom and sadness. When I hit 13 months sober, I felt confused. I didn't really care to celebrate it or make a huge deal out of it. I wasn't sure what to do. I was so used to obsessing about all of these milestones and planning these big celebrations. And now all of a sudden it just didn't feel as important anymore. And once I think it was like 16 or 17 months sober, I even just like forgot. I know that my soberversaries are on the ninth of every month, but I just kind of like forgot that I was supposed to celebrate or do something. So I still feel proud of myself, but I'm finding that I don't have to make a huge deal out of everything anymore. I'm not racing to the next milestone. I'm just living my life. Before, I needed to celebrate every little thing and make a huge deal out of everything. But now life is stable and good, so I don't feel like I have to make all of these celebrations. And if you do want to have a huge celebration every month, then that is totally up to you. So this is just my experience. The biggest change that I've noticed has happened recently. So I went from obsessing about alcohol to obsessing about sobriety. I thought about sobriety all day, every day. I even gave up my other hobbies like going to the gym so that I could stay home and do sober stuff. It was literally 24-7. Many of you have mentioned to me that you don't know how I can release so much content without any help and with a full-time job. I was cranking out all of these podcast episodes, guest spots, ebooks, and videos because I was so obsessed with sobriety. It's all I did. It's all I wanted to do. I had so much creative energy. It wasn't like I was making myself do these things. I just had all of these ideas and, and these creative feelings that I just wanted to share. So I started asking my therapist about it a couple months ago. Like, is this what it's going to be like forever? Do I have to either obsess about alcohol or obsess about sobriety? So I've been talking about it in therapy for a bit now, and I'm beginning to feel more balanced now that I am at the two-year mark. So when we're drinking and in our problem, we think about our drinking all the time. I thought about my drinking all day, every day. In sobriety, we can still have these intrusive thoughts about drinking. That's why we never like fully recover, because if we stopped having all of these things that show we have a problem, like thinking about drinking, 
wondering if it's been long enough and we can moderate, then we would be cured and just like normal social drinkers. So intrusive thoughts about drinking are very normal for someone who's sober. Sometimes I'm out at a restaurant and someone I'm with orders a drink and my brain says, you should pick it up and drink it. And I'm like, what the hell, man? Like, who's like, who says that? So we have all of these unwanted thoughts that just pop into our head. Back in episode 55, I talked about dealing with the urge to just give up. And that is another version of these intrusive thoughts. Like I had something very triggering happen in the beginning of the summer, and it's by far the biggest trigger I've ever faced in my sobriety. And my first thought was, you should get drunk right now. So there have been studies on intrusive thoughts, and one from 2011 published in Cognitive Therapy and Research found that negative urgency and a lack of perseverance were the two strongest predictors of intrusive thoughts. So we talked about negative urgency back in episode 70, and it's an impulsive response that makes someone have a very low threshold for needing to escape a situation. And we know that drinking is the best escape. And perseverance is continuing to do something even though it's difficult. If you have a lack of perseverance, then you give up easily. So combine this with a low threshold for feeling that you need to urgently escape situations and you have a ton of triggers to drink. So your threshold for getting upset and overwhelmed is low and then your ability to continue to do things even though they're hard is also low. So that makes triggers bigger and that makes it harder to stay sober because it's easier to give up. So what this study found is that people that have these qualities will have more intrusive thoughts than people without these qualities. So if you have more intrusive thoughts about drinking, then that means that drinking is on your mind way more often. So it's easier then to go back to drinking because you're thinking about it a lot. Our mind naturally filters our thoughts by a process called cognitive inhibition. And studies have found that if this process fails or doesn't work as well, It leads to impulsive behavior and intrusive thoughts. So our mind should be filtering some of these stupid thoughts about drinking out of our consciousness, but maybe this inhibitory filter isn't working as well, or because we struggle with alcohol, thoughts about drinking again are just too strong to get filtered out. If you get emails from me, then you may have noticed that I'm cutting back on the amount of content that I put out. But don't worry, because the podcast will never change. This is my baby. This is the most important thing that I do. But the reason that I'm trying to make changes is because I'm starting to find more balance in my life. I don't feel like I'm exploding with creative energy anymore or like I just need to go, go, go. Before, I had so much creative energy that it felt urgent. It was a sense of urgency to make all of these different things. And now I don't feel that way anymore. I feel more relaxed and like I have room in my life for other hobbies. I've been sick with the flu since I went to that wedding about a month ago. I don't know if I'm ever going to be well ever again. Nobody knows. I just keep getting sick again and my symptoms come and go, but at least the sick voice is gone. So there's that. But whenever I recover, I do plan on joining a gym and getting back to lifting because that was one of my main passions before I got sober. And it's something that I truly enjoy. And I couldn't figure out 
why I couldn't get back into my gym routine. And I was beating myself up about it for longer than a year. And I thought that I was lazy and unmotivated and, you know, I suck and all these other things. And now I'm realizing that it was because I was so obsessed with sobriety, I just wanted to do sober stuff. And that was more important and more fulfilling at the time than doing anything else. So your obsession might not be with sobriety in general, but it could be with the gym, fitness, healthy living, cooking, reading, sex, personal development, anything else. And when you finally get sober and it works, you're shocked with how amazing life can be. I remember I went from feeling hopeless and suicidal to all of a sudden feeling amazing. I had time, my job was improving, I was finally sleeping, my marriage was improving, I wasn't letting myself down anymore, and so many more positives. I knew all of this came from my sobriety, and I just could not believe that I hung on to drinking for so many years. I thought sobriety would be the worst thing to ever happen to my life, but it was actually the best thing. And all of this made me really excited and happy, and I wanted to share it with everybody so that everybody else could be sober and happy, like me. And I think this is why we get so obsessive about sobriety. So if you go on Instagram, you'll see that a big portion of sober influencers are under two years sober. Many of us get so excited about our sobriety that we just want to spread the word and help as many people as we can. We're shocked that life can be this good and we want other people to feel it too. And this is why so many newly sober people will become coaches, write a book, start a podcast like I did, start a blog, start a YouTube channel, and more. We have all this energy and want to help people who are suffering like we did. So I think there are a couple reasons that we become obsessed with sobriety. So just like I said, now that we know how good sober life is, we want to help other people struggling with addiction find freedom and happiness. If being of service is something that is very motivating for you, like it has been for me, then you may be thinking of coaching, blogging, podcasting, writing, and putting out a ton of helpful information to help others get sober too. Another reason is we still have a lot of growing up to do. Typically, if you struggled with addiction, then you came out of it very emotionally immature. Abusing drugs and alcohol doesn't allow us to grow or work through anything, so we stay exactly the same, even though our body ages. You may feel like a 16-year-old living in a 40-year-old body, but sobriety finally allows us to grow up and work on ourselves. But because we are still emotionally immature in the beginning, we have all of this excitable, impulsive energy. Another reason is we have a ton of time to fill. Sitting around bored is a major trigger and something that could make us go back to drinking. And when you're a problem drinker, you typically build your life around drinking. It's all you do. It's all you care about. It determines who your friends are. So when you remove alcohol, you end up with no hobbies and nothing to do. I just sat around and drank every day in, in a couple different locations. So I'm not just going to sit around and drink water for hours every single day. I had all of this time and a huge amount of energy and excitement. And I think the last reason is we are all or nothing people. We really go for it. If we're going to drink, we're really going to drink. So if you're going to be sober, it's the same thing. You're really going to be sober. We throw ourselves into it and fully commit. And it's not a bad quality. I actually think being an all or nothing person has helped me a lot. 
This quality is the reason that you're even listening to the show. When I decided I wanted to share what I was learning about addiction, I went for it. Where most people struggle with feeling like no one will listen or that their show will suck or they develop a sophisticated launch plan that takes months and then they put that off a couple times out of fear. I just recorded it and put it out there all in the same day. So if I'm going to do something, I don't want to kind of do it. I either really fully go for it or I don't do it at all. So this helps me take big risks that either pay off like this podcast or are great learning experiences. If you're an all or nothing person too, then don't see it as a bad thing. It's a strength in some ways and in other ways, just be aware that that's how you are. So a good example is when my podcast started seeing success, I could have been like, I am quitting my job. I am going full time. I do not make any money off of this yet, but I am amazing and I know everyone will want to give me their money and love me. And I could have just quit my job and that was it. But instead, I recognize my all or nothing mentality and thought, you know, maybe that's not the best idea, actually. So I continue to work my full-time job, and that was a good decision. So recognizing it about yourself can help so you don't take unnecessary risk. And another good thing about this mentality is you can't be paralyzed by perfectionism if you have an all-or-nothing mindset. So if I had to choose, I would prefer to be this way over struggling with perfectionism. So I don't think two years is the magic number. It could be any amount of time. Maybe it's one year for you. Maybe it's three years. This was just my experience. And if you don't want your life to be about sobriety all the time, it totally doesn't have to. Balance is possible. So if you are trying to find balance in your own sobriety, then just recognize that it takes time. If you need to be excitable about your sobriety right now or whatever hobby you're excited about, then you should totally do that. I think this excitable stage is also where a lot of the healing work is being done. Things that can help if you need balance in your life are scheduling your time and having certain days of the week dedicated for certain activities. So before when someone wanted to interview me on their podcast or go live on Instagram or something, I'd be available every single day of the week whenever I could. Sometimes I would overbook myself so much that I'd have multiple things going on every day on top of a full-time job. And I still do this too. I'm not completely balanced. But now I try to book out. If someone asks me to come on their show and I'm already doing a thousand things, I don't try to squeeze it in and make my life more chaotic. I just say, this is the week that I'm free. Let me know your availability. And I try to leave a couple days a week completely free of obligations outside of work. And that's helped a lot. And I also give myself permission to just sit on the couch and chill and like watch movies or binge watch a show and do nothing. I'm allowing myself to not be productive. And some days you're super productive, some days you're not productive at all. And that is what balance is all about. So if you're feeling really excitable right now, just go with it, recognize it, and you may have more balance in the future. Or if you are struggling because you don't want your life to revolve around sobriety, then try to think about what balance looks like for you. So now that I'm seeing that balance is possible for me, I'm going to figure out what that actually looks like in my life. So I'm taking an inventory of all of my sober commitments and seeing which ones bring me fulfillment and which ones do not. And I'm also trying to be mindful of how much I talk to my husband about sober stuff. 
He's a scientist, so when I tell him about papers I've read and new episodes I'm working on, he's interested. But I know he's much less interested in hearing about Instagram or what's going on in the sober community or what some stranger that he doesn't know posted on Facebook. So I want to make sure that I'm not just going on and on about sobriety forever and that there are more things to me than just being a sober person. So I hope this was helpful and I'm really proud of myself for two years. I feel very cool and very important and thank you so much for listening to the show. If you enjoy the show, then the best thing that you can do is share it with somebody and leave a five-star rating and a review. And I appreciate you so much and I'll talk to you next week. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of happy how-tos for navigating all the things sober, from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories, and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.